Welcome listeners to another exciting episode of the Pantry Podcast. This month's episode features Mike Leader, the current chair of the OACP board and the interim director of the Center for Civic and Community Engagement at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. We discuss his long history of organizing volunteers for the OACP, as well as the pantry's new strategic goals and plans for the future. Let's start the episode right now. So we're here today with Mike Leader, who works at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh and is the board chair at the Oshkosh Area Community Pantry. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you. Could you just start out by just telling us a little bit about your roles at UW Oshkosh and how that led to you working with the pantry and just kind of your whole history and what you've been up to? Yeah, sounds great. So it's a little complicated, but I'll do my best for everyone. So currently, I am the director of the Center for Civic and Community Engagement at UW Oshkosh. Um, So our goal is to sort of bring together people and agencies or community groups to tackle real problems facing our community um, and encourage everybody, students and community, to be civically and community engaged, right? So we want to bring people together to solve big problems. That's kind of the goal of what we're shooting for. Um, But when I first started with OACP, I was the volunteer coordinator, essentially, or the, the what was it, program advisor for volunteerism um, in reviewing, which is our campus activities area. So during that role, I advised a group called Titan Volunteers. It's a student organization here at the university. And their goal was to just go out and do good work, do good service. Um, they would find projects all throughout the community, things that students were interested in and go and do them. Um, and we got connected with the pantry a couple years after they started. Um, and there was a project that was happening at that time uh, that they called home deliveries, OECP called home deliveries. And they were delivering food boxes out to homebound seniors in Amro and then eventually into Winnicani as well. Um, a great program started by an AmeriCorps VISTA at OACP named Katie Hines, who I need to give a shout out to because she was also a grad student of mine for a period of time. And now she's doing great work in a school in Florida. Awesome, Um, go Katie. (laughs) Yeah, she's fantastic. So she started that program as a VISTA. And, um, you know, the goal was just get get food to the homebound seniors. And it started small. There's a social worker at at the sites who had sort of qualified, and putting that in quotes because OACP doesn't really qualify people, but we really meet with the the, the individuals there to make sure that they were food insecure and that they were homebound and kind of uh, then get them connected to OACP, right? So um, the boxers would have to get packed of food. So someone at OACP would call the seniors and, and get their order lined up and then volunteers would pack most of the dry goods. And then they needed a group on Fridays to go and deliver the food. And this was a time when OACP had an executive director, a volunteer coordinator, and Katie is a Vista, I think. And that was it. So they were super small staff at that time. She was basically a volunteer. Um, so our group would come in on Fridays, pack the rest of the, the cooler goods, the milk, the dairy, the meats, and then we would deliver them out there. It started as a really small program, like five to seven boxes, and it blew up to like 25 at one side and like 10 or 15 at another site for a while. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was great. The students loved doing it. We did it, was it, I think it was once a month on Friday. It was like the first Friday of every month or something mm-hmm. like that. So they were just committed to doing it every month, and they had a great time doing it. And That's amazing. Yeah, introducing them to the topic quite a bit, and then they would want to go and volunteer um, in, this, in, the, in the OACP store building as well. Sure, they, they got there. the 
introduction to it. And yeah. how many students did you have back then in the volunteers group? Well, that group was big. Um, yeah. We'd have like a hundred students as members, and mm -hmm. I put members in quotes here as well. I mean, they'd kind of ebb and flow. We typically have about sure. thirty really active, and then a trickle of others as well. Um, but this was a great project that they could jump in on. So that was that was one of the first projects I did consistently with OACP, and that was just shortly after they opened. Mm -hmm. um, so was, I've been I've been involved for a very long time, and, and um, several years. I think two thousand eighteen. Um, I had some time on my hands. I just left a different board and turned off that board. So I was looking to join another one. So I connected with OACP and, and got on the board in November of 2018. Excellent. Yeah. You've been doing lots of things ever since. We've been trying to, trying to do good work. I mean, the pandemic was in there and we talked exactly, with yeah. the, the pantry staff and a lot of people about how that you know impacted things. But well, in addition, speaking of with the student volunteers, in your role as civic engagement coordinator, you connected now classes like yeah. Gabe Wakano and Tracy Slager, who we interviewed in the other podcast, yeah. how their classes volunteered at the OACP. That's sort of, that's all through your department. Yeah, through our general education program, we call it the University Studies Program. Uh, our sophomore students take a, a what we call a Quest 3 class, but it's a community-based learning course. Uh, so we want the students to be learning disciplinary content and then go and experience that in some way, shape, or form in the local community. And OACP is a great learning landscape for a number of classes. And what's great is uh, Tracy's classes, she talked about as a political science course. Gabe's class is a history course. We have another class that works there that's an anthropology course looking at culture and health. Uh, so all these courses are studied in very different topics, mm -hmm. but you can still use the pantry as a learning landscape, which is fantastic. Um, and the staff there has always been extremely open to being that site. Um, sharing their stories, sharing the work that they do, um, the clients and the guests and the, the volunteers always willing to share their stories as well. So it's really great and it shows how nonprofits as agency can be part of the learning environment that our local students are involved in. So it, it's a really great part of my job that I get to do that with lots of nonprofits. You know, mm -hmm. OECP is one that we partner a bunch with, but I, I partner with, uh, I think, 30 to 35 nonprofits throughout the year doing the work I do. Awesome. That's yeah. amazing. And it's a great way, like you said, to get not only students involved, but also the community. And then ideally you're planting that seed in the students to continue their volunteerism yeah. after they graduate. Or like you mentioned, Katie going into feeding, did you say that through Feeding America? or uh, She was in AmeriCorps this time. AmeriCorps. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. then, and then was doing, you know, continuing that work. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. Oh, and lots of our, lots of our, our students do this kind of stuff. And that's actually something I'm going to start tracking. I want to reach out to a bunch of alumni and see what they're still doing in, in their local communities. Yeah, that's you know, perfect. We know a lot of UW Oshkosh students stay locally here, either in the city of Oshkosh or in the greater Fox Valley. So the more that we can network them into their place, into their community a bit, I think that's a really big win. Mm -hmm. um, not only just connecting with the nonprofits, but connecting with all the other individuals who are there too. And we have really great um, older adults who volunteer at OACP and they have such wonderful lessons to share with our students and they learn so much just by volunteering or working side by side with those individuals. Um, and that happens at lots of nonprofits. Uh, so it's just really cool that our students get to see that and get kind of more ingrained into the space that they're living. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the goal of the program, right? It's, it brings the students out into the community to see that 
Oshkosh is bigger than the university that they're just mm -hmm. participating in. There's all this other stuff happening, and this is one of those things to help do that. Yeah, get them off campus, show how they can be involved in their community. And like you mentioned, you know, volunteering at a local nonprofit or any kind of local agency is a great way to integrate yourself into the community. So if you're exactly. moving somewhere else after graduation, you don't know people, you want to make connections, that's the Perfect way to do point. it. Yep. And they've already been shown that they can do it. Mm -hmm. and it's easy and that people are really nice. So it's a right. great introduction. They to love the to have you. Go yes. volunteer. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, obviously you've been doing an amazing job over the past de decade plus of, you know, recruiting volunteers. You said like since the start of the pantry. Um, and now you've been the board chair for the last four years. What have been, you know, what's some of the things you've done as board chair and, um, you know, as we, we can kind of tie that into later, what you're hoping to do for the future. Yeah, well, technically I've been board chair for two years. I was oh, vice chair before that. You started so as the, you started Becky Meisner was the board chair before I was, and she's a fantastic woman. <laughs> Give her a shout out uh, Exactly, well. <laughs> doing great work, Becky, miss you. Um, and then I'll actually turn out in this November. Okay. And then um, Jenny Heim will be the board chair after me. We're excited to have her as well. She, Excellent. She's a great, a great, wonderful person as well. Shout out to Jenny. Um, yeah, so... You know, being the board chair is, is, is such an interesting kind of adventure sometimes, too. And I've had this at other organizations I've been involved in, too. Is like you don't always know what's coming. Like, we didn't know a pandemic was coming, obviously. But one nope. of the great things about OECP is it's positioned so well that it could pivot easily. Um, and the staff there, we had the right people at the right time, I think, who could make that pivot. Um, so we went from... As you've heard in the other podcasts, a, a very open pantry style place where people can come in and shop for lack of better terms, right? To a box pickup pantry over a weekend. Yeah. Um, so people could literally drive up and suffer going to their trunks during that time when that's what we had to do for a while. And that way our clients could still get the food that they needed. Um, so like to pivot that quickly is really amazing for an organization like a food pantry. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and, and shout out to St. Vincent de Paul who kept their building open and allowed us to use the space a bit differently than originally designed. So that was a great you know partnership that allowed us to happen. But you know, like you, sometimes you just don't don't know that's going to happen, and you just have to go for it, and you have to get the staff and the freedom and the creativity to just get it done and get out of the mm -hmm. way and open up resources that are available to them to make that happen. So that's what we did. Um, and then when the time was right, we, you know, pivoted back to the open pantry concept again, which is really great and, and preferred by uh, the individuals who come in and use the space too. So mm -hmm. it was nice to be able to get back to that when we were able to. Um, but the other thing that we did in the last year or so was we had a really great board retreat with our staff involved and did a complete, uh, not a complete, but but dug into our mission and our vision and our values a bit and um, changed them, tweaked them a little bit to, mm -hmm. to update them. One thing I'd noticed um, when I joined the board that the, the mission was still original from when they first created the pantry. And it was mm -hmm. very good, but it was very focused on sort of building a place that does these things, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it was all about the building of. Well, we had been around for... 12, 13 years at that point, we no longer needed to build that space. We were that space. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to streamline it back into a more concise focus of what we're doing. And that's when we shifted back um, to that, the OACP strives to eliminate food insecurity. Mm -hmm. you know, so we really want to focus in on the food insecurity issues um, and doing whatever it takes to resolve that, mm -hmm. um, which sometimes means some other stuff as well, some other service um, connection or resourcing, whatever that may be, but to really zero in on the fact that, you know, food is our specialty. 
Um, there's a lot of intricacies that goes into just getting food in place for people. So we got to focus our energy and time right there. And that's what we're doing. So we did that and also created some really great goals for the organization, sort of in the strategic planning sense of it. Um, yeah. So working to reach all clients, um, either who currently are using OACP or potentially could need to use OACP mm -hmm. um, and finding ways to, to sort of get them into our service. I'll yeah. call it because maybe not all of them can come right to the right to that physical yeah. building. You mentioned before there. people being homebound and yeah. that was something that was mentioned I think on the when I interviewed the pantry staff I mean it's been a kind of a reoccurring issue on how do we get food to people who can't leave their house or are unable to or don't have access to public transit even you know the bus stops aren't always accessible to people or you know the hours that they run if they work uh, you know, what do we do to solve that? And that's, yeah. that's a tough problem. Yeah. And even with individuals using the buses, you can only take, carry so much stuff on a bus. Exactly. Right? You and can't take like two big boxes if you can't you lift know. that much or that. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's... It's really hard. Right. And you know, one of the challenges was, is we were also used to only be open once a month. Mm -hmm. So if you only come once a month and you try to get as much food as you could, like it, that just doesn't work. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at like, how can we resolve that? One thing that we're able to do, um, especially partly during the pandemic when food resources were, were really high was we opened up to three shops a month at one for a period of time. We're back down to two shops mm -hmm. purely because of food resources. Um, but if we can acquire more food resources, we can make it that people can come more often, which I always equate like to my own family is we shop every week. Mm -hmm. You know, we have that ability to go because a week's worth of food's a lot to get just by itself Absolutely. and then to store and to keep mm -hmm. and to use before it goes bad. So yeah. we want to sort of build the system in that it becomes more natural for people like that. So it serves more in the same way that it's working for everybody else in mm -hmm. the world, right? Yeah, that um, they're not having to stock up at the beginning of the month and then conserve yeah. and try to make it to the next month. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the more that we can do that, the better. Um, and, you know, so that's part of it too, is just figuring out why people aren't coming, the ones who can't, and um, what are the barriers and obstacles in the way and how do we resolve those. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, too, OACP really is supposed to serve all of Southern Winnebago County. Mm, okay, um, yeah. And obviously we're open and available to everyone there, but we don't necessarily do a great job of like outreaching to out people outside the city of Oshkosh. Sure. If you mm -hmm. look, and I've had this several years ago, I had some data pulled and we put on a map all the dots where people come from um, to our space. And it's primarily within the city, um, and a little bit in some of the very close townships like Town of Omer, Town of Oshkosh, right? Mm -hmm. But it's primarily right in the city. Um, but we know the need extends greater than that. We know yeah. the rural community probably has some need, um, but that can be a really long drive in, right? So that that's a challenge too. So we're starting to think about some ways that we could address that. Um, the idea of doing a mobile pantry or a pop-up pantry is something we're super interested in and really digging into right now, which mm -hmm. is really exciting for us. Yeah. Um, so that's something that we're doing. So, so that's one of the big issues. Um, one of the other big goals that we're looking at is developing a community-wide strategy um, in collaboration with all of our partners or potential partners to address food insecurity in our community. Um, we know we're not the only pantry in town, which mm -hmm. is great. Love all the other pantries as well. Um, but we don't necessarily still always work well together. And part of it is just getting everyone together, talk collectively mm -hmm. about the, the challenges and figure things out um, together. Um, but, you know, and sometimes too, like people don't always necessarily have to come to OACP to get food resources. If it's better for them to go someplace else, that's great. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure that all the pantries have the food resources they need. So that's mm -hmm. something we can work 
together on. So just getting everyone on the same page and, and working collaboratively together is really important to us. Yeah, and sharing ideas and, you know, what information can you share? What resources can they share? And just making sure that you're not, because you're all trying to eliminate food insecurity. Exactly. You all have the same goal. Exactly. No one's trying to be better than the other. It's just how can we best serve the community and how can we help each other to do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit it right, right in the head. We're all on the same goal. So let's get everyone who has the same goal in the same room and let's figure it out together. Mm -hmm. So that's something we're trying to take a little bit more of the lead on mm -hmm. um, just to make it easier for everyone at the end of the day and yeah. ultimately make it easier for the people who are food insecure. Right, so, right. Um, yeah. So if anyone's listening and they're, they're involved in those other pantries, like we're open for talking. Let's, yeah. let's figure it get out. Get it together. Let's do this. Yeah. And I mean, it is hard because the majority, this is all based a lot on volunteerism and exactly. you know people who this isn't their main job. But yeah, if we can get people together and start Start this conversation and you know try to share resources because really that's how the pantry came together in the first place it was okay we've got yeah. all these smaller pantries can we combine resources and make a bigger one to you know be able to have more resources for the community yeah, yeah. and like i said at the beginning figuring out food resources is really really challenging um so like what's great is we have some staff in place and we can navigate some of those paths a little bit easier. So if there's a pantry that doesn't have a full-time staff member, there's no way, well, maybe they could, but it's really challenging for like someone who's not even full-time volunteer doing this to navigate some of these pathways. So if mm -hmm. we can help them, we're happy to help them, right? We're happy to figure this out together. Um, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So that was another one. So you're, you know, you did this retreat, you've got the goal set as far as accessing, you know, focus on eliminating food insecurity, reworking the mission, uh, strategize with other partners in the community. And what else um, did you guys come up something with? Something that really came to fruition during our retreat was uh, really focusing on some of the nutritional needs of our clients and guests. Yes. Um, you know, knowing that we have individuals who are diabetic um, or on special diets or just making sure that there's good quality food about it. You know, um, one of our board members, uh, Dr. McBelville from Belleville Chiropractic, um, is very into nutrition and has a great understanding of it. And he did a wonderful job of sort of educating our board and our staff about um, nutrition. And in the sense of like, you know, what you eat obviously very much affects your health, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if you want to make people feel better and be healthier, um, eliminate, you know, medical issues and medical costs. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that helps open up some funding for them. So they don't need to be so they're less food insecure, right? Like all, it all, it all interplays all with ties each other. In. Yeah. If you don't you have know, as many medical bills, you have more money to spend on food or other resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like just, you know, thinking strategically about the food that we're even providing in the first place is important to us. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously if somebody wants a certain item, they're going to get that certain item in some way, but if we can do something to help shift that, that knowledge a little bit and help um, everyone be thinking about that a little bit more. That's something that we want to try to figure out. Yeah. Um, and then also too, are there certain populations where there is some specific types of food that we can provide um, to just to help them out? So for a while, almost about a year-ish, um, I forget the exact length of time, we've been doing this program called Food for Life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Elizabeth talked about it in her podcast, yeah. but just being able to provide uh, diabetic-friendly boxes mm -hmm. of food for individuals who, who need that. Like, that's a really great thing that we could provide. Um, so just figuring out a way to consistently fund programming like that. Even with some of our kids' program that we do, like being conscious about getting food to kids um, that's healthy and also gets them starting to make the healthy choices from the get-go as well. Um, mm -hmm. Sort of doing some education about that on the front end as we are, are 
are able to. Ultimately, the kids can eat what they want to eat, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we can help with that process, we want to help with that kind process. Kind of plant the seed, let them yeah. know, this is why you should eat these things, and this is going to keep you full for longer, and things exactly. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last two goals, like one is just kind of always looking at our space, our space that we have available, and thinking most creatively that we can about how to use that effectively. Um, I think as we, especially like when we had to shift and pivot to the box distribution, we realized that we totally need to use the space differently. Like the shelves were completely bare during that time. because mm -hmm. it makes sense to put food on shelves, right? And we're packing boxes and sometimes we still have to pack boxes. Uh, so it's like, just think about how we shift our space around and, and use that creatively. Mm -hmm. um, and then always any board should be thinking about how we expand our donor base, whether that's food donors, uh, financial donors or volunteers who give time to us as well. Um, and just kind of building up that collective reserve of individuals who are sort of on our team and supporting us in whatever way that we can. So podcasts like this are great because it helps tell our story. Yeah. Because um, OECP is so much more than, you know, just a place where people come and get food, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's a learning landscape. It's an educational facility for our college students. Um, it's a place where uh, groups of uh, uh, seniors get together who volunteer collectively together to help with that social isolation issue right it's mm -hmm. just it's their friend group and they go and do that together yeah um, so it's it's a lot of things it's more than just it's just a food resource mm -hmm. absolutely i mean yeah it's an integral part of the community for multiple reasons and i think it's it's really exciting all these things that you've got in store and all these things that you're focusing on and looking at for the future and so with your um like the board uh, director position terming in November, what are you hoping to, to do or what, what do you want your legacy to be oh, as gosh. board director? I thought that's a, that's a yeah. loaded question. Well, the but... great is I get to stay on the board so yeah. I can still help tinker with that a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Right? You know, I just want the organization to keep moving forward creatively, mm -hmm. um, being very responsive and adaptive uh, to whatever the need is and be able to answer that call quickly. Um, what we're seeing right now, so we're in what June of 2022, if I get that right, um, our numbers are starting to come back up in terms of number of households that are coming to the facility. Yeah. Well, if we think about well, what's happening right now, gas prices are through the roof mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, inflation is very high at the moment. Yeah, food prices uh, have gone up. We've prices, seen that. Yeah. Uh, and what's also happened behind the scenes that a lot of people may not know is the SNAP benefits, or what used to be called food share, basically food assistance, is going down. Oh. Um, so uh, Ryan just told me this the other day, and I can't remember the exact same. But I think if you use a, um, forgive me if these numbers are a little bit wrong, but if you use like a retired senior's numbers, uh, right now they should be getting about $250 a month plus there was like during COVID, there was like an extra $95 a month allotment that they were receiving, in a, um, which is not normal. So the $95, I think, has already gone away because mm -hmm. the COVID stuff has sort of expired. And sometime, we think maybe in October or January, the $250 amount is going to go down to $20. What? Yeah. Okay. I was thought you were going to say like $200. You no. Know. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a significant reduction in the amount of assistance people are going to receive. Yeah. That's so huge. That's, that's that can be detrimental to somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Tied on top of inflation and gas prices and everything else going up. Mm -hmm. So we already are seeing the numbers coming up and we think potentially October or year end, the numbers may shoot up even more significantly. Mm -hmm. That's a really big challenge that we need to respond to in some way, shape or form. And we're yeah. looking into that already, how we're going to do that. Um, so we, we think that's going to go up, which is 
a little scary how we're going to do it. The other challenge at the time is some of the food resources are going down. Mm -hmm. um, so during the pandemic, especially the USDA um, was, you know, picking up a lot of food that would typically go to restaurants or other places to keep the markets going and going effectively. So then that food comes to pantries. Yeah. So during the pandemic years or so, like we had a lot of food available, really, really great, high quality food. Mm -hmm. um, and now those resources are starting to dwindle. The TFAP right. program is starting to dwindle a little bit. It's it's, And we just looked at the charts. It's it's on a steady decrease at the moment. Um, so that's probably not going to go up. And then, you know, other places too, rightfully so, uh, places that donate food for a number of years, our local grocery stores and other partners like that, they're being more conscious about their product and mm -hmm. trying to take the best care of it as possible, which makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. um, but that sort of means less for the pantries. Yeah, that all too. comes together to yeah. make things a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But so then our option is to purchase some food, mm -hmm. um, which we've, the pantry's done in the past at different points, depending on what it is. But those prices are higher, so that's going to cost us more as well. So it's just kind of an interesting snowball of things that are coming together, and we just have to be really responsive to it. Mm -hmm. So what I'm most excited about is we have a really fantastic team in place who are watching this stuff. Um, yeah, and that, that's got the, their finger on the pulse. They yeah, know this is coming. Yeah, it's like, a combination right. of the board and the, and the staff, right? It's, it's a great combination of team. They're, we're watching all this stuff. We're looking at historic trends. We're seeing where it's going. We're trying to put things in place as early as we can just to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. um, but some of it you can't always be ready for. So Yeah, you can um, only you know, do what you can, like a pandemic. You weren't yeah. ready. But again, the pantry was successfully able to pivot and get yeah. that, you know, get things yeah. going. So we know that you can come up with creative yeah. solutions, which yeah. is Awesome. And what's, what's also great too is, you know, OECD has been around, like, I forget what, how, many, how many years, it's 13-ish or so at this point. Mm -hmm. This community, the Oshkosh community, the greater Oshkosh community, continues to support OECP at such a phenomenal rate. Um, it is fantastic how much people care and how many people care. There are churches that put bags out for people, you know, to fill with food and, and, and deliver to us. Uh, we have, we have donors, we have people who donate 20 bucks a month, but they've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we have people who give us very, very big checks as well, which mm -hmm. is great. So we have just such a gambit of people. Um, I don't even know the number of individual donors we have. It's a lot, which is great. People really care about the work they're doing. I hope that they hear that we're trying to respond effectively. Um, so like, I think if you really think about like what I want my legacy to be, right? Mm -hmm. I hope that one, we can be an organization that responds effectively to the need and two, that we can tell people that we're doing that so that they know. You know mm -hmm. I think as a donor, you always want to know that your money is going to a good place. And I hope that they see through our results that we're doing the absolute best we can. We try to be as conscious with everyone's dollar that they give us that we can be um, and you know, take advantage of the most free resources available. Um, we do great. People who also just give us their time um, is really fantastic. You know, we have, we have four staff and they do a ton, but we would not function without the volunteers who are also available to us. So everyone chips in to make OACP work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, this is, if you're going to donate money or time or whatever, whatever you have available, uh, you know, resources, if you know things about connections that can be made, I mean, all of that is helpful and the OACP is ready to make the most of it and make the best of yeah. all of it. Yeah, and it always comes in really unique ways too. Like obviously we need people to stock the shelves. We need people to drive the truck around, but we need people like you, Kelsey, to do podcasts like this to help us tell our story out in the community. Yeah. You know, we need people on our committees. We need people to look over our finances and join our finance committee and just mm -hmm. make sure that we're using our money effectively. So there's so many ways to help. If 
if we can get college sophomores involved, we can get anybody involved. Yes, definitely. Like, and we've heard from the other episodes, they may have been you know, hesitant at first or nervous about the project. And then by the end of it, all of them had an amazing experience and a lot of them continue to do that volunteerism. So, and yeah, like you mentioned, me starting this podcast, it was completely, it was not what I thought I was going to be doing when I joined this committee, but it's, it's been really fun and being yeah. able to interview people and hear more about the pantry and how it came together and what you've been doing over the past, like you said, 12 to 13 years is amazing. And I think just even you look at how far it's come in the last, you know, decade yeah. plus is, is amazing and, you know, continuing to do good things and also predict, not predict the future, but have an idea of what's going on and being yeah. able to prepare, I guess, be yeah, preparing, yeah. be responsive preparing. versus reactive and preparing uh, for the future. It's really yeah. important. So that's great. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, actually, we were doing these things called VIP tours. Mm -hmm. So we were um, we'd get like intentional groups together, and then like kind of do a rewalk through the pantry and share share our stories and share what was going on. And one of them we did was with the original churches that came together oh, to start so cool. the pantry, and it was really great to kind of hear their stories. And some of them were like on the original committee that started the pantry. Mm -hmm. Some of them came in later, like so they didn't know as much, but. They were all, I think they were all proud of the work that we were still doing. And I think that they were happy that we took the vision of what they wanted and we've been putting it into place effectively and then trying to do the best work possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. I think that, you know, we're getting to the end of our time here today. Is there anything else you wanted to add about, you know, what's coming up with the future or what your plans are or anything? Um, no, I, I think... Jeez, I have so many plans. I know, I know you do. You're always the man with the plan, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you had asked me before when we were talking too, is like, uh, um, I think Carl in his message talked about how he shifted to a, um, an open open point system yes. in the pantry. And that's been a really great result. We've been seeing um, the poundage of food that people are able to take is really increasing, which is wonderful. Excellent, so, yeah. Like, that's just, that was just a really creative idea. The staff had been digging into that for a while and then, Boom, they made the change and it's been proven to be really effective. So that's cool. I think our mobile pantries, um, if we can get those off the ground effectively, or I'm I'm trying to market them as pop-up pantries. Yes, love uh, that. Very trendy yeah, right now. Yeah. Pop-up well, restaurants, pop-up you know, experiences. Yeah, well, I think yeah. the mobile people always thought that they would drive through the food would just go into their car and sure. drive away. That's not what they want to do. They actually want to like open the whole store in a parking lot so they mm -hmm. can drive in and they can shop it with the same style that they get to do in our current facility. Yeah, so it's not a prepackaged box. Correct. They get to decide what they yeah, need. There'll be self-selection, which mm -hmm. is kind of cool. So that's a really cool program. Um, you know, we, we have some some interesting stuff in place. You know, the, the staff recently just kind of redug through our strategic plan a bit and think about some of these goals and how to, how to really achieve them effectively. So hopefully this carries us for a couple of years and we can dig back into it and just remain responsive to the community need, remain responsive to... The situation that's happening in, in the world at that time and just making sure that people can stay food secure versus food insecure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Pantry Podcast. The theme this month is going to be summer picnics, so be sure to donate your picnic favorites to the OACP and help make someone's life better this summer. You can also sign up to sponsor a school or donate to our school pantry program, which helps provide snacks and meals for students in need throughout the school year. Again, if you'd like to volunteer or donate, visit oacptoday.com for more information. Again, help us make sure no one in the Oshkosh area community goes hungry. Thanks for listening.